Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. We have a Jim Capra episode for you. So welcome back to the podcast, Jim. As most of you probably already know, Jim is a cycling and endurance sports coach. He's the head coach of Tyler Hamilton Training. He's a good friend of both Tyler and mine and uh, love having him on periodically to talk about all things training and bikes, etc. This week we are talking about a couple of different things. We're talking about the 20,000 meter challenge, which is to cycle 20,000 meters of elevation gain in a week. You've heard me talk about that on both this podcast with Tyler and also on the Everesting podcast, if you've tuned in over there. Uh, That challenge is going on for the week of October through uh, 2nd through 8th. We also talk about running, so get into a bunch of stuff and we hope that you enjoy this episode. This one is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company, who you can visit at statebicycle.com. As you know, we've been riding their all-road bikes Super, super cool and fun bikes. Absolutely love them. Incredible value. State also has all kinds of cool parts and apparel, and they're changing their gear all the time. So check them out at statebicycle.com. Right now, they have a collaboration with Corona, of all things, which is really, really cool. They've done Wu-Tang Clan, uh, different companies, state parks, all kinds of really cool stuff. It's usually seasonal, so the best thing that you can do is just give them a quick follow on the socials, and then you will know when they have something new and cool coming out. The podcast is also brought to you by Wheel Science, who are the makers of high-performance carbon fiber wheels. You can visit them at wheelscience.com. And if you use code ADVENTUREAUDIO, you'll get 10% off a pair of custom carbon fiber wheels. And you can just engage with Peter Coombe at Wheel Science. He'd love to consult with you about what the right kind of wheels are for you so that you're getting real value for your money. It's a confusing space and uh, it's hard to navigate through and understand uh, what you're paying for and sort of why you're paying for it. So visit them at wheelscience.com and ask questions about your weight, riding style, what kind of bike you ride, what your ambitions are with your wheels and all of those things and they can make a recommendation for you. Lastly, the podcast is brought to you by Hammerhead. So the Hammerhead Carew 2 is the most advanced GPS cycling computer available today. It's got industry-leading mapping, navigation, routing capabilities that set them apart from other GPS options. It's got free global maps with points of interest included, like cafes and campsites, and it means you can explore with confidence and on-the-go flexibility. Hammerhead's bi-weekly software, up- software updates and new feature releases are unmatched by the competition, so unlike head u- other head units, your Crew 2 continues to evolve and improve with each ride better than the last. I've absolutely loved the Karoo 2 so far. It's really, really cool. It has a really neat feature, uh, which is basically telling you of upcoming climbs and their gradients. Um, it's, it's a really, really fun little machine to ride with and much more intuitive than other cycling computers and head units that I've used. It's much more intuitive and likely using a smartphone is how I would describe it. They were named Bicycling Magazine's Editor's Choice in GPS Cycling Computers for the past two years and continue to collect accolades throughout the sport. It's used by people like Justin Williams, Chris Froome, Hammerhead athletes keep on course and stay aware of upcoming elevation changes with their crew too. Very, very cool piece of machinery. We hope that you can check them out. You can visit them at hammerhead.io. On to Jim Capra. You're back. We're, hey guys, thanks. Back thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Good to hear both of your voices. You too, buddy. We appreciate it. So we were just just off air. We were just talking about 
uh, work and travel challenges, which is actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. So we'll, we'll start recording here. So a uh, spoiler alert, this will be self-indulgent because I want to talk to you guys about some of the stuff that I'm facing right now, but it applies to both of you too. Uh, even if it's not from a travel perspective, although I know Tyler's been traveling a bit for work, but uh, because you guys both have little, little tiny people in your lives right now. So you're always trying to maximize like, you know, fitting things in. So I've been, uh, well, I don't talk a lot about my, my day job on the podcast and neither does Tyler, but we both, we both have day jobs, believe it or not. We don't uh, make our full-time living from adventure audio. So <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, you know, uh, recently, as the, as we've been coming out of the pandemic, I, I work for a, lar- a small division of a large auto manufacturer, and I'm responsible for a group of dealerships throughout Western Canada. So as we come out of the pandemic now, travel is going to be creeping back into my life in a much bigger way, and uh, which means that, you know, like training routine definitely gets bumped way off there. Now, like Jim knows as my coach that I'm not super committed to banging out every workout with precision over the summer or actually sometimes none of them because I'm just out riding my bikes and adventuring but I'm, I can get pretty committed over the winter time but as soon as you go on the road like unless you're able to bring you know a trainer with a power meter with you which you're probably not it's really hard to kind of adhere to that however this is also like, I want to talk about like a little bit of tough love for people who think that they're too busy or that traveling is the reason that they're not fit because that's bullshit too. So there's, there is like sort of a balance and I wanted to get your guys' perspective on how do you approach that when you have less time um, and just, and just chat about it from that perspective. Cause what I've been doing more is running because it's so much more efficient. And then I don't really need to plan or take anything with me other than shoes and you, and if you have a couple of apps, you can almost always find a trail to go run on or whatever, but I'll, I'll let you guys kind of take it from there. Yeah, that's a good point, Pete. And I think that, um, it's, it will speaking for myself and probably Tyler as well. Personally, our lives are, are, are busy also, and that we both have, uh, you know, small children at home. So we, uh, and like you said, Tyler, you know, he, he travels we both are on the road a little bit. So yeah, it's all about balance. But um, I know that for myself, having a a young kid at home, um, you know, these long, these long rides, just they aren't, they aren't happening. Right. So, (laughs) but that that's okay. It's just, you know, it's, there's a lot that you can do as far as maintaining fitness and, and, you know, short workouts that you can either do indoors or like you said, just running right out the the front door. But um, funny enough, Tyler and I had met up in person last week and I remember we were we were talking about you know friends and clients and guys like you Pete that um you know recently done an Everestine and we both came to the conclusion that like there's no way either one of us could do something like that right now it would take a little more commitment than we probably have time for but um it's too big it's too big to it's too big for almost anyone I think to fake their way through you know like you can yeah like either like Tyler could go run, ride a hundred miles, like at the drop of a hat. That's no problem. But, but 9,000 meters is like, you got to train or it's just going to be the worst day of your life. Yeah. There's no faking your way through that. But I think that the scenario that you describe is pretty typical of um, the majority of our athletes and clients and always has been right. Not just, you know, recently during the summer or with COVID or whatnot, 
Um, the average person that we work with, I would say, is kind of a weekend warrior and and busy with with work and and family. And uh, you know, Tyler always says that you know, work and family and work first, then training. And um, it it creates a good balance. So I think that I personally enjoy working with someone that's busy rather than a new retiree who you know wants to ride eight hours a day because they're just going to put themselves in immediately into a hole that they're not going to return from right (laughs) um yeah but uh you know we're we're familiar with working with people that are on the road um you know frequently and sometimes with no rhyme or reason you know oh work's sending me to orlando i didn't expect that but there's a like you said there's no excuse for you know being on the road is no excuse for letting the wheels fall off right um that that's the thing right like it's not listen you know running burns the same amount of calories when you're traveling as it does when you're not traveling and salad has the same amount of calories in it doesn't matter what city you're in so like it's kind of bullshit there isn't something magical about being on the road that you know makes you lazy or fat it's kind of it's a bit of an excuse really but it it, but will i say that it's way harder and do you need to pay closer attention definitely because sleep's affected right so then you're like your hormones aren't quite the same and maybe your metabolism's not quite the same like there's all it's all this like ecosystem that's really tricky to sort of work your way through it's a challenge for sure but i think that um being able to do a you know, 15 minute or 30 or up to an hour workout at a hotel gym or in the living room at an Airbnb, it shakes out a lot of the cobwebs from travel, right? Just getting the blood flowing, it's going to help you feel better because um, traveling, it's tough on your body, be it you do it, you know, by long days in the car or air travel or what. Um, it's, It's hard on your body, but staying active through that, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the the volume that some people are used to when at home, but uh, just getting a little the blood flowing for a little bit, um, it's gonna it's gonna make you sleep better. It's gonna help you feel better throughout the day. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, as you said, Pete, yeah, packing a pair of running shoes, it's it's super easy to do. And you know, uh, whether you get out for for a walk or a run. I think just get, getting outside every day is super important, especially when you're busy, when you've been on an airplane or been been in conference rooms or, you know, getting outside is, is really important. So, yeah, bring your running shoes, you know, and if, if you're a, a big cyclist that's on a training program, yeah, hopefully the hotel or your Airbnb is, a, is it some sort of spin bike or something like that that you can jump on. But um, So is that, yeah, just is that being what you... Efficient with your time, that's super important when you're on the road and just being a little bit more disciplined, you know. That might mean whatever, packing a bag of apples in your carry-on bag when you when you go to the airport and you know trying to make just smart choices with your diet. You know, it's easy to get wrapped up into the, the whole restaurant scene and just that poor having a poor diet. So right, I think that's huge. Right, like those are those are my. <clears throat> I'm starting to re re implement some of those travel hacks because I for the far majority earlier part of my career I didn't travel at all. And then when I, when I switched into a job where I did, I did put, I like immediately gained 10 pounds in four or five months just because I wasn't, I wasn't used to it. Right. And then there is, you know, you're in your, when you're eating in restaurants, it's much easier to eat 
more calories sort of inadvertently and don't eat it. You don't really notice. So I had to sort of dial some stuff in. So like some hacks for me were to, if you, if you have a bit of a circuit and a routine, stay in the same hotels all the time, because then your, your brain is more familiar and you sleep better and you have less of that. That's a nighttime alertness when you're in a new environment. That's big. Um, ton of water's big. The Tyler's always talking about water, but like, it's so true. Drink a ton of water. Um, take it easy on the booze. That's yeah. huge when you travel. It's it's an easy easy thing to do because obviously a lot of people socialize that way uh, yeah. after work. But uh, that's key. And then like Tyler said, uh, the outside time, right? Like we know. So, but that's that's we'll talk more about running in a second. But to me, I would always I would always rather run outside than ride a a crappy spin bike in a hotel. But that depends <laughs> totally. on what your goals are, right? Because if you, if you guys have somebody who's getting ready for a time trial or something. Um, or something super bike specific that you might be giving them different advice than that, right? Yeah, for sure. It it depends on the individual, but um, I mean Tyler's right. It's it's mentally engaging, and it's so easy just to have a pair of you know running shoes and head right out the front door. I think uh, the the putting on the coach coaching hat here. The one caveat being um, we want people to uh anytime they think about running especially if it's something they haven't done for a while to start out super super easy especially cyclists you know yeah. um as tyler would will say you know I'd see it every year especially like heading into an off season where these guys are and women are are really fit um because they've got this big aerobic engine and um, maybe they're traveling or maybe it's just off season and they're bored and oh, I want to go run. <laughs> you feel great aerobically, but your body's just not used to the pounding and you end up just injuring yourself without even knowing it. You know, you feel fine. And then the next morning your knees got this, you know, the size of a softball. So, uh, um, okay, yeah, you, so you totally beat me to that point. Cause that's be exactly careful. What... Be careful. I had this exact, <laughs> I, I learned, I learned that like, Three different times, three different <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to not even know you're doing the damage, but I had this conversation just yesterday with a, um, with a, with an athlete we coach who is a strong cyclist. He has a, a bit of a running background and that he's, he's done a couple of marathons, but it's been a long time. And, uh, he sounds like me. Are you talking about me? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. may, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you, but it's you know, all, of, yeah. all of a sudden he's got a marathon on the calendar and, uh, you know, wanted to know how to go about it. And literally, you know, we're having him do his, his first run slash jog like 10 minutes, super easy. Good, yeah. Perfect. yeah, that's Perfect. it. That's it. It's, it may sound like, well, that's, what's the point, but it's super important. But, you know, once the body's ready for it, and is you know some people just aren't built for running and you're gonna hurt yourself no matter what but as long as you ease into it and are smart typically it's a really good option and i think that for anybody being multi-dimensional in in all aspects of life not just athletics but in athletics as far as preventing you know overuse injuries um boredom etc it's really important so travel can provide a good uh good impetus for maybe some new activities yeah yeah yeah. Right. yeah uh when you travel definitely you maybe have like a 10 to 15 minute like core workout you know that's always good to do 
um, maybe, I don't know, five or six yoga type stretches. Yeah, for sure. For uh, sure. Your, your client there sounds uh, so much like me. So that's what I want to talk about with running is that like, yeah, first of all, I know that that's not totally for everybody, but I used to run quite a bit and uh, don't at nearly as much anymore and kind of use it to fill in some workouts when I'm busy or whatever, right? Or when I'm inspired to, if I'm near a trail that I want to check out. But sometimes that devolves to just power hiking. But there's something about, I sort of float in and out of running a lot. And for some reason, I just can't, like, I can't be platonic with running. As soon as I start doing it a couple, because now I'm like, okay, I just want to have my legs under me. Because to what to your point, if I travel somewhere for three days and I want to run three days in a row, like I can't, I can't do that without running a bit. I can't. Like if by day three, I'll just be my IT bands will be killing me, and like it's not a good scene, right? And I'm getting older, and I know that I can't push my luck like that. So I kind of need to keep it up. So I'm trying to get my running legs underneath me, so that when that when that's what's available to me that's what I'm going to do. But every single time I do this, maybe it's once a year or twice a year, within two to three weeks, I'm out on a run and I'm immediately thinking like, I should probably just run an ultra at some point. <laughs> I don't know why I can't. I keep, like, I can't keep running in the friend zone. It's so weird. Like I immediately want to like buy a place together and move in. And it's just... I don't know. So your client sounds the same way. Like he's like goes for a couple of jogs and he's like, I should run a marathon again. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that uh, we're familiar with, with the, the, the mold for sure. But uh, you know, Pete, on a personal level, I think you're some, someone that could pull it off. Right. If you do, if you do end up getting serious about an ultra and that like, you know, you're fit, you're, you're lean and, I mean, not to be politically incorrect, but it helps if you're light as a runner, right? And, yeah, for sure. You know, anyone needs to ease into it, but there are also people, men typically, that, you know, like played college football and then got busy with work and didn't really exercise for, you know, 20 years. And yeah. They and already have kept, a big frame. And they kept eating the way they did when they were playing football. Now fast forward to, you know, this point in their life or their middle age, later in their career, want to be active again, might start working with us on the bike, and then one day decide they want to run because I used to, you know, do a forty yard dash at so and so. And that's like, dude, you're gonna hurt yourself. So, you know, there's some individual um differences there but uh yeah it's it's funny i i pete i can see you doing an ultra and and actually you might get challenged into one at some point by tyler yeah yeah I, I, <laughs> pete, it's, I think it's totally in your wheelhouse and yeah no i, I, think, I think you, you should keep it. on your radar yeah uh, okay that's yeah that didn't really help i was i was basically asking how i can stop thinking about running in those terms and keep it uh <laughs> keep it more platonic but no you're just uh you're, you're making it worse but uh, yeah i don't know why or maybe that's maybe it's not running maybe it's just my personality like if i tried paddling at some point i'd be googling like what's the most extreme paddle you can do like you know well, maybe you, that's just what i'm like you did do an everest on a bicycle i did so well i guess that's part of the problem right is that i know i, I engine wise i know i now i know i could do it Cause if I can cycle for 20 hours, I like, I certainly can run for 12, 
you know, like cardiovascularly I can, but can my knees and my feet and, uh, you know, all of my hips and everything handle all that and do, and do I, <laughs> do I want to, yeah. there's obviously a part of me that wants to, but that does reshape, you know, my relationship with the bike probably for a, a season, right? Like it doesn't mean I'm not on the bike at all. Um, I think I could probably balance the two a bit, but certainly would have to take a step back on one in favor of the other, right? I'm not, I'm not a, a talented or B uh, time rich enough to be, you know, really super good at both. They, they can complement one another though. And I, I truly believe that in comparing the two, um, often with running less is more as far as effective training, you can, you can overdo it pretty easily, even when you're talking about, um, you know, big distances like ultras. So it's, it's a balance between the two, but. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So speaking of training that segues into my last topic is, uh, which we Tyler and I've talked about on the podcast already. I've talked about it on the Everesting podcast with Andy Van Bergen. So Andy has put out a challenge to the Everesting community to try and climb 20,000 meters in one week, which we've, we've, we've talked about on this podcast too. That's in support of Jack Ultracyclist, Jack Thompson, who we've had on Adventure Audio twice, who is riding a million meters in this year and he's on pace like he's well over six hundred thousand meters already which is so crazy because like i've i think i said it on the podcast last time we recorded i think i'll probably do about 130 or 140,000 meters this year and i cycle a shitload and he's going to do a million like it's so crazy it's It's such a crazy number yeah it's Um, mind-boggling yeah so the challenge is to do what he's doing every single week all year just for one week so that sounds manageable when you put it in that way but then when you actually break down what it requires it's it's about somewhere between like 33 to 40 hours of cycling depending on what sort of indoor outdoor mix you're doing so how do you i've accepted the challenge of course but so this is happening first of all this is happening october 2nd through october 8th so it touches on two weekends uh, Andy and I want to challenge both of you guys to do that. Um, Zwift is definitely the most efficient way to try and tackle it. Cause you can, um, you can even cheat the time a little bit by riding to the base of Alpha Zwift up it, then back down and leaving your avatar at the bottom so that you eliminate that ride to it. When you do the, um, road to sky route, Jim knows what I'm talking about. And so does yeah. everybody else who Zwifts, right? Because that road to that first, it takes 15 minutes to get to the base, right? So rather than restarting nice. it three times a day. Just leave your guy there, pause your ride, and then when you get when you have another hour and fifteen minutes, come back and start right on the base and immediately start racking up the elevation. Like I'm, I'm thinking about like that kind of minutia in terms of trying to accomplish it. But so, how would you, how would you advise somebody who can ride, um, or or say let's between running and riding, I'm probably putting in twelve hours a week. How do I get ready to do a forty-hour week if I'm training about 12. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's a lot. You know, I think uh some of it when you're talking about that kind of volume, sometimes you can't fully train for it, right? There's going to be a degree of just gutting it out, right? Just just uh, you know, putting your head down and gutting it out. But um I think that the the combination of, for people that can get outdoors a little bit of out outdoors and then you know when you're talking about that amount of volume i think it's it's almost required that you got to do 
a, probably a pretty good amount of it indoors. And like, I'm thinking, you know, October out where I live in the Pacific Northwest can be pretty sloppy and miserable. So it would it probably yeah. be a lot, a lot of indoors, but, um, you know, I would break it down just almost like doing an Everestine for, you know, several days in a row, right? Just be super disciplined about routine. And that means, um, you know, it should be a reflex as far as eating and hydrating and stretching and using the bathroom and changing clothes and just try to take out as much of an X factor as you can. And then the sheer volume will, will take care of itself, right? If you're somebody that's putting in 10, 15, whatever, hours per week you're fit and you can you can add the volume but it's the details that i think are going to be more important so every day eating right frequently eating the right foods staying hydrated you know just um all the basics chamois butter yeah yeah no for for sure because you know when that goes wrong that'll take you off the bike in a hurry Totally. And actually, you know, hurry. people shouldn't under, underestimate how um, having a non-dynamic uh, indoor bike setup is so much different than riding. Oh, it's so much outdoors. different. You know, yeah. it's it's different on the knees and the back and, and everything. So that static, you know, getting locked into a position for a long time, you can you can hurt yourself in in um, ways that aren't, you know, going to happen outdoors. So um yeah and i should also say that jack is doing the entire thing uh in outdoors the entire thing the entire year so right through the winter in spain and everything so and he he does not take away anything from anybody who wants to attempt to do it indoors but that his his own challenge was to complete the whole thing outdoors which is definitely harder so how's how's he holding up by the way he's uh you know he's he's hanging in there for sure, but he's like being really raw and honest about uh, how he's feeling physically. Like he's pretty yeah. trashed he's um, gotta, and, he's gotta be. and and even, even worse mentally. And uh, he's all, and also because the fundraising effort isn't uh, pacing along with, uh, with the physical oh. effort. Right. So his goal was to raise 1 million euros for uh, mental health organizations which is obviously a gigantic goal, but if you all, but really like if you contextualize what he's trying to do, I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable to try and raise that much, but he's, you know, way behind there. And that's the part that he's, he's having the hardest time with um, because he doesn't feel like he, the amount of effort is, is responding and the amount of support that he was hoping sure. that it would generate. Right. Sure. Uh, sure. He's still, still very obviously hopeful for a big, surprise here later in the year so that's what andy's trying to do is trying to just get a community of people who can all point to to their efforts and reach their communities too right that's really the idea is that like if if we can get a hundred people to try and do this and those hundred people each get 10 people to donate like that's a lot of people suddenly right that's a thousand people donating and that can really help so that's really what they're trying to do and he's he's also doing an everesting every friday for the entire calendar year <laughs> that's just that's crazy wow like, uh, hey well let's let, let's help jack by just spread, spreading the word yeah uh, hey p yeah. will you remind us the dates october 2nd to october 8th okay and what right. jack wants you to do if you can attempt to do it 
um, is, is just share his, if you go to the link in his bio on his Instagram page, it's going to share the fundraising links and you can just simply share those links and get your, your, uh, you know, your community and your network to donate to that cause for your effort, right? If you can try and do 20,000 meters in a week. And if nobody, if, if you're not, the, the weird thing about that number is it's so different than saying I'm going to ride 700 kilometers in a week, right? Because people can put that into their driving context if they're a non-cyclist. 20,000 doesn't really, they don't really know what that means. So what you need to try and tell them is that you're going to do two and a half times the height of Mount Everest. And it's probably going to take you about, you have to cycle for around 40 hours. That's how you contextualize it to non-cyclists to get them to donate. Because <laughs> they need to know how stupid trying to climb 20,000 meters in a week is. It's yeah. bananas. Wow. Um, I've never done Zwift before, but I think I'm going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll all, we'll all <laughs> you be know, together. Yeah, there's a defense for Zwift, man. There is. It's not. It is not the outdoors, but they have created a very cool and safe environment. Um, it's a really, really cool training tool. Like, I mean, basically every workout that Jim has sent me that I've actually done, because some of them I'm, I'm sometimes sometimes I'm just riding outdoors. But when I do yeah. them, I do them on Zwift, and it is definitely more engaging. Um, sure. And and it's growing, and they're adding new routes, and like I'm, I'm I'm converted. It's it's definitely it's for some people it's been like to say it's life-changing is a is, is not exaggeration like some yeah, people that's what swift and totally reshape their bodies and their minds because of it which is incredible and also it's 20 bucks a month like i know it's not cheap but a spin class is 20 bucks like one one hour spin class so if you use it a lot if you live in a climate like any of the three of us do we're riding indoors and you're busy and it makes more sense to be inside sometimes and just get your workout done i think it's incredible value really it's if, a if you use it it's a fun and effective way to 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 ride and and train indoors for sure. Absolutely, it is. Yep, yep. And there's enough cycling uh, culture and sort of nerdiness built into it to, to kind of engage too, right? Yeah. yeah. And you and you can't wipe yeah. out. And you can't wipe out the crash. <laughs> so. The crashes are a lot less bone jarring than you remember, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> They'll be able to ride the next day. I haven't yeah, broken so. a collarbone on Zwift in months, so yeah. Hey, it's, I wanted. Uh, it's probably time. I wanted to. Uh, well, we're on the topic of of busy schedules, busy and activities. I wanted to give a, a shout out um, to a listener that that you guys inspired um, on on your podcast. There was a a gentleman who. Um, was a was a is a fan of of your podcast and got interested in Everesting because of your guys' show on it. So he he approached uh, Tyler and I and said he wanted to do an Everesting and we we coached him and and he did it. Um, so Steve, yeah, if you're listening, we're super proud of you. Way to yeah, go! That's a great that's a great way to close it out. Yeah, Steve Steve uh, from Southern California cracked out an Everesting at a really good time and, and just did all, all of the smart things and prepared himself and, and, yeah. and just showed that like any, anybody can do it, but not anybody can do it off of the couch, which I've said, like, I've got a few friends who've, who've tried it um, and came away about, you know, a third of the way in and said like, there's absolutely no way, like you need to really prepare yourself to do that. Um, like good, good for you, Steve. That's super cool. And also, the fact that anybody would listen to our little podcast and be inspired to do that is really the whole reason that we do it. 
Yeah. So that's super, super cool. Very cool. Yeah. Congrats, Steve. Hey, thank you guys. Yeah, thank Thanks you, Jim. For, always good to always good to talk to you. Oh, likewise. Yeah. Great to hear your voices. I hope uh, hope everyone has a good rest of the summer. And uh, all right, Pete, you've planted a seed for October. I've got a, some logistics to think out, but it's on my mind. Second to eighth, Jim. October second okay. to eighth, and you can do it on on Zwift. Yeah, for the safety of your pain cave. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. bring your climbing legs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Better. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Pete. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. -bye. Another big thank you to Jim for joining us on the podcast. As always, if you have questions for Jim, for Tyler, if you want us to break anything down related to your training or your gear choices or anything like that, hit us up adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Or if there's anything else you'd like us to chat about or, or mention to us from something that you might have heard in one of the episodes, we love hearing from people who listen to the podcast. So please hit us up adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com. We read every single one. And we will certainly respond on the podcast. Uh, one more quick reminder to check out and thank you to the support from the State Bicycle Company, from Wheel Science, and from Hammerhead. You can check out all of their awesome websites. Thanks for tuning in.